items disappearing and reappearing on their own. Unexplained twins or doppelgangers. Opening a door to a room that doesn't exist. The internet is full of such stories. This week we explore possible glitches in the Matrix. podcast about bad things. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. This is Brad with another episode of the KMH Podcast. Happy to have you join us. Excited to get into this one. This episode is kind of like a half day for me, at least as far as the work I had to put into it goes. We're going to be exploring glitches in the matrix, stories about things that suggest reality isn't as real as it seems. Now, for those of you who do not know, what is a glitch in the Matrix story? Well, it takes its name, obviously, from the famous movie Biodome. I I mean, The Matrix. In that movie, and I'm going to touch on some spoilers for the movie, but at this point I think that's more your fault than mine. But in that movie, the protagonist, Neo, learns that all the world is nothing more than a computer simulation. Little glitches can occur in the simulation, known as the Matrix, which cause events like deja vu or other little misperceptions. I think it's even used in one of the movies to explain hauntings. In today's world, the accepted definition of a glitch in the Matrix story is a bit more strict. Yes, apparently there's rules on this. A glitch in the Matrix story is really an event one has personally witnessed that cannot be explained by rational or logical thinking. The mother load of these stories can be found on Reddit in the subreddit appropriately titled Glitch in the Matrix. These stories do not include things like deja vu or the Mandela effect, and this is not a segue into discussion of the nature of reality in this episode. Like I said, this is a half day for me. We're taking it easy. So think of this week's episode as nothing but ear candy. I'm just sharing some of the coolest stories of this type that I found. No attempts to explain or analyze this. I don't even know how I would go about trying to analyze these stories. I've taken some formatting liberties with the stories just to make them sound better for a podcast, but the core of the story hasn't been monkeyed with in any meaningful way. This is just going to be a nice lazy day for our brains. All right. So let's sit back, enjoy, and have some fun. So let's start off with a simple one from Reddit user RivCarRiver. I love Reddit names. I spilled chocolate ice cream on my leg. I wiped it off, and there was still a pale brown stain in the shape of the ice cream splotch. I told my mom, and she said it was a birthmark. I will swear under oath that never before have I ever seen a birthmark there. Okay, so this is a perfect example of a glitch in the Matrix story. There's a clear eyewitness, no logical explanation for how this birthmark suddenly appeared, and it's, you know, it's one that you can explain by saying, well, reality reset itself. Okay, this is a good time to note that all of these stories can be easily disproven by just taking the attitude that the story is made up or the tale teller is crazy, but that goes against the spirit of what we're doing here today. So please leave your need to be smarter than everyone else at the door and just have some fun. I'm not fussing. 
I just, let's chill. This is going to be a good week. It's a Tuesday after Memorial Day here in the U.S. We're all going to have fun. Next story from Redditor Mark of Shame. Driving home during a nasty storm, I noticed a stop Mercedes with its hazard lights on on the other side of a barrier, declaring the road to the local golf course is closed. Being an EMT, I decided to check on the situation to make sure the occupants didn't need any aid. When I approached in the vehicle, there's one man passed out in the back seat and one man was passed out in the passenger seat. But the driver was sitting completely straight, staring directly ahead. I rapped on the window a couple times, but the driver didn't move. He didn't blink or react in any way. The two other passengers remained passed out. I tried the doors, but they were all locked. Returning to my vehicle, I called the sheriff's office and asked for a code two response, which means I'd like for a squad car to assist me, but without the lights and sirens. Something about the situation just didn't seem right, and I didn't want to be alone with these men. The dispatcher asked for the car's license plate. At that exact moment, a power company truck drove down the closed road between me and the Mercedes, and the Mercedes disappeared. No trace of it existed. I stopped the driver of the truck, and he said a massive tree was blocking the road just around the bend. He thought it would be at least 24 hours before it could be removed. I asked him if he had noticed the Mercedes when he was coming down the road, and he hadn't. The car disappeared when it was blocked by a fallen tree on one side and the road closed barriers plus my car on the other. All right, now here's a fun one from Redditor Trust Hapo. My roommate had just gotten a new phone, so naturally she spent the day playing on it. That evening, some friends came over and we spent the night talking. Nothing special, just hanging out in my roommate's bedroom, chit-chatting. My roommate stopped to tell a story, and in the process, she set her new phone down on the nightstand. When she finished her story and went to reach for her phone, it was gone. Like, totally gone. We checked under the bed, behind the nightstand, behind the bed. We pulled the sheets off the bed. There's just nothing. I tried calling it, and though I could hear it ringing, none of us could hear it in the apartment. It had just truly disappeared. On a whim, one of the girls suggested we check out my roommate's car. We went through that thing from top to bottom and found nothing. I decided to call her phone again, but this time we could hear the ringing. The phone was sitting in her locked trunk. Somehow, though we all saw her using it and witnessed her placing her phone on her nightstand, the phone traveled from a third-story apartment into a locked trunk without any of us seeing it or anyone leaving the bedroom. Next up, we have Aquario, who shares this creepy little tale. I had a doctor's appointment earlier today. At the end of the appointment, I was sitting across from my doctor as she wrote out the prescriptions I would need. There was a sudden knock at the door, and without waiting for a response, a man stepped in. He was tall, with a slight stoop, I guess, somewhere in his late 30s, maybe early 40s. He was balding, blonde hair. He's wearing a checkered shirt and blue jeans. I only gave him a quick glance as my doctor chastised him and instructed him to return to the waiting area for his appointment. But as she did so, his face began to change. It glitched, for lack of a better word, which certainly caught my eye. There's just no other way to describe it. His face became a blob of pinkish hues. 
it honestly looked like a corrupted video file on a living person's face. He quickly turned to leave, and his profile looked like it was made out of Legos, you know, all blocky and angular. It took several moments for the strange event to sink in. The doctor looked at me as though she had seen an alien and asked me with hesitation, did, did you see it, his, his face? Yeah, I quickly interrupted. We pondered it silently for a moment before the doctor finished writing and gave me my prescriptions. On my way out, I made a point to find the man in the checkered shirt. He was out there in the waiting room, playing on his phone, with a perfectly normal face. Next up, we've got a bizarre one from Navan60. I've noticed while I'm stopped at red lights downtown, lots of pedestrians will pull out their phones as they cross the street. One day while I was running some errands with my five-year-old daughter, we hit a red light. And I thought it would be fun to try to blow her little mind with my fake psychic skills. So I pointed at a man, just an average-looking dude in a jean jacket with a black hat and glasses, and I told her, watch. When this fella crosses the street, he's going to pull out his phone and look at it. Now, we were a good 30 feet away from the corner he was waiting at, and the car windows were rolled up. She watched with great interest as the crosswalk light turned green and the group of people began to cross. The man I pointed out, just as I predicted, dug into his pocket to pull out his phone. He struggled for a bit and stopped right in front of my car, then yanked out a finger gun and pointed it at me and yelled, gotcha, while staring me in the eyes. My daughter, of course, found this hilarious, but I I couldn't figure it out. How'd the man hear me? He yelled at us from right in front of my car and his voice was still muffled. There's no way he could have heard me talking to my daughter from such a distance with all of the other city noise. When we drove by him as he continued on foot, he wore nothing but a smirk on his face. How did he know? I have to chime in here and say I, I like what one commenter on Reddit said to the story that this dude probably does that every time he crosses the street, and this was the one time it paid off. All right, so moving on, uh, we've got Redditor Jibalanad. About a year ago, my girlfriend and I decided to eat dinner at a Chipotle's near a classy sort of shopping area. We pulled into the Chipotle's parking lot a little after five. It was a Friday evening, and oddly, the restaurant was closed. The parking lot was completely empty. No lights were on, and it was clear there was no one inside. Disappointed and confused, we decided to try to find another place that was open. I pulled the car out of the parking lot and pulled around behind the restaurant to loop around to get back on the road. Behind the building was a fire truck with its headlights on, but no emergency lights, and we didn't see anyone with the truck. My girlfriend wondered aloud if there'd been a fire or some other problem, and that's why they were closed. But as we pulled around to the exit, we could see the front of the building again, and this time the parking lot was completely full. Tables were set up in front of the restaurant, lights were on, people were inside eating, half-finished meals, exactly what you would expect a restaurant to look like right after work on a Friday afternoon. I happened to look in the rearview mirror as we were absorbing the scene and then turned around. The fire truck was gone. We had just passed it and it disappeared. 
We literally went from seeing a deserted building with a fire truck behind it to a fully packed restaurant with no fire truck in less than 30 seconds. All right, now here's one that sounds a little more like it came from a horror movie. The Redditor that shared this is Aunt Amasto. I'm a newlywed. We've been married less than a month. And I woke up at 5.30 in the morning next to my husband's sleeping form. I saw a notification on my phone. It was a text from my hubby. He sent it around midnight. It read, who is this? I'm fairly certain I would have noticed my husband playing on his phone at midnight as I'm a very light sleeper. Still, I figured I just missed something. So I decided to play along with the joke and responded with my own, who is this? Seconds later, I received a response from my still-sleeping husband, which read, I asked you first. This obviously concerned me, so I wrote back, Seriously, who is this? Why are you coming up under one of my contact names? Another instant response, What name am I under? Trying to rationalize the situation, I said, Obviously, there's some cross wires somewhere. We don't know each other. My phone husband responded with, are you in blank? Her town. I hesitantly confirmed that I did live in that town, but I continued to try to rationalize things. Okay, there you go. Wires crossed. It's weird, but it happens, I sent. Apparently agreeing, the other husband responded with, we must live near each other. What street are you on? Obviously not wanting to give out that type of information to a stranger. I changed the subject. Do I come up on your phone under someone else's name? He responded with, I was looking through my contacts and I saw one I just didn't remember creating. It was under the name Wi-Fi with a heart next to it. LOL, I was just curious who this is. I live on Violet Street, BTW. This is when I went cold. First, I live on Violet Street. So the stranger was very close by. Second, my husband has me saved in his phone under the name Wi-Fi with a heart next to it. It's an inside joke between us and the nickname he uses for me, which he pronounces Wi-Fi. And the writing style, I, I just couldn't get past how much the writing style was just like my husband's. But that man was literally sleeping right next to me. I stopped texting and tried to go back to sleep. When my husband woke up, I immediately showed him the messages. He confirmed that he hadn't sent him and showed me his phone. No text messages. I asked him to text me to see if my phone was working. He texted hi and I received it right away. It was under the text messages I had received during those early morning hours. I never received another text message from this other husband. A few months later, I went to look for the messages to show to a friend, but they were all gone. I never deleted them. And all the messages from just before and just after are still there on my phone. All right, so now we're going to go from a creepy husband story to a creepy baby story, which are always creepy. Ugh, kids, as wonderful as they are, just scary as crap. This is from Great Larry Bird 33. I have a 10-month-old son. He's just starting to learn to crawl and moving around on his own. Tonight, 
Before I put him to bed, he passed out on this big pillow in our living room after he had a bottle. I picked him up gently and carried him to his crib down the hall. I probably spent another hour in the living room watching TV with my dog, got up to brush my teeth and let the dog out before turning the lights out for the night. Just as I made it to the light switch, I saw something. My son was asleep on the giant pillow just as he was before I took him to bed. Knowing that it wasn't possible for him to crawl that far that quickly, much less climb out of the crib or up onto the couch where the pillow was, this baffled me. But still, my son was sleeping in the living room and needed to be in his crib, so I picked him up and slung him over my left shoulder and walked back to his bedroom. When I got there, the only light in the room came from a small nightlight, but this gave me just enough illumination to confirm that my son was still sleeping in his crib. He was on his side, facing me. I froze in shock and some degree of terror. I was literally looking at the baby I was holding in my arms. What felt like just a millisecond later, my dog began whimpering behind me. I turned to look at my dog to discover that I was no longer holding my son. Instead, I was holding a stuffed toy monkey. There's no way I could mistake a 25-pound child with a small stuffed animal. That night, my dog refused to leave my son's room, and the next morning he seemed exhausted. Happily, I can report my son was still in his crib the following morning, too. I, I don't know what I would do in that situation, assuming it's true, but holy God. <laughs> holy God. That's creepy. All right, next, we've got a tale of a weather event that no one witnessed. This is by Eldridge DE173. My father and I survived a tornado that apparently never occurred. It happened one Sunday afternoon between softball games when my dad and I went to get something to eat at home. We lived less than a mile from the softball fields. So I grabbed a sandwich when my dad checked his work email. While I was in the kitchen, I noticed the sky suddenly darkened. My dad, who could see out the window from his work computer, noted that the games for the rest of the day may be canceled because of the weather. I looked outside, in addition to the looming darkness, I noticed most of the street was devoid of cars, which was really odd for my neighborhood. I felt this ominous wave of energy wash over me, and, and I turned to look out another window to see a giant tornado just destroying our street. It was only about three or four houses away. I stood there stunned with my sandwich until my dad grabbed me by the back of the shirt and almost threw me into the basement. We took cover as the house above shook in violent commotion. My dad spent the time cursing and trying to call my mom, who was still at the softball fields with my sister. When she finally answered, he screamed to the phone about a tornado. She told everyone at the ball field and all the games were halted. My mom said there was no obvious storm clouds visible for their location. And with that, the noise stopped. My dad told me to stay put as he went to check out the damage. He came down several minutes later, white as a sheet. He only said that it was safe to come up. When I got upstairs, I noticed right away the sun was out. The street had all the cars I would expect it to have. And all of the houses around us were completely fine. There were no news reports about a weather situation. 
neighbors claimed to have been home all afternoon and didn't hear a storm. My dad won't talk about the event to this day. All I know is we survived a tornado that apparently never happened. This story I really like. I don't know why, but it it just it strikes me in a good way. It's from a Redditor by the name of Sand Dargan. My mother did all of her GYN appointments with a doctor in downtown Austin. He was located on the fifth floor of an office complex attached to the hospital. I would sometimes attend these appointments with my mom, and she would always make a game out of finding the office because it was like a little maze. He had a really sweet longtime nurse slash receptionist named Allison, who I just adored. She served kind of as a babysitter for me and my brother when we would go with my mom. If she wasn't busy, she would read books to us, and she always had a new coloring book for us to play with. I called her Alice in Wonderland. Years down the road, I find myself married and pregnant in the need of an OB since we had to move back to Austin. My mother suggested we go find the same doctor she had always used since he was in his 30s when I was born and could still be in practice. She insisted on coming with me, and we both commented how odd it was to be taking the same doctor's visit but with our roles reversed. We parked in the same parking lot and went up the same stairs we always had. But we ran into a slight problem. There was no fifth floor to this building. Thinking that maybe we had misremembered the floor number, we checked out the first fourth floor, but didn't find the doctor's office. We went home and tried to look up the doctor, but we couldn't find anything on him. According to Google, he just never existed. My mother refused to accept this and insisted we return to the hospital where both I and my brother were born. She asked around, but no one at the office could find a record of this doctor having ever practiced at the hospital. Finally, with her reaching total frustration, we went to the records office and pulled both my birth certificate and my brother's. The doctor who handled my delivery according to the birth certificate? Attending physician. The doctor who handled my brother's delivery? Attending physician. The doctor my mom loved and trusted never existed, apparently. Alice in Wonderland, who my mother and brother also remember, also apparently never existed. Ooh, that one's that one's something, huh? All right, well, we got more here, so let's keep going. Here's a short but sour one from Block 508. My dog escaped from our front yard. I yelled to my sister about his escape, and I put on my shoes and began to give chase. He had stopped where some neighborhood kids were playing on the other side of the road. I looked both ways as I dashed across the street. Suddenly, a teal-colored truck was on top of me. It was blaring its horn and screeching tires trying to stop. I felt a massive pain in my ribs and could feel each one breaking. I felt muscles tearing all throughout my body. I went cold and dark. I had flashbacks of my life, and I was coming to grasp the idea that I, I was dead. Next thing I knew, my sister was yelling at me as I was standing, uninjured, on the side of the road. There's no truck, no signs of an accident, no one reacting to the event I had just witnessed. Okay, so now we're going to hear from Jack Spratt 90 who gives us another reason to stay inside. I have always loved the outdoors. 
I was fortunate enough to be born in the great Pacific Northwest. My father took me out on many hikes and fishing trips when I was young. There are certain parts of the woods I know like the back of my hand. One of my favorite places is called Goblin Creek. I like this area because of the unique rocks that could be found there. When I was about 14, I distinctly remember hauling a backpack full of these rocks up from the creek to my dad's truck. Along the way, I passed a man in his 30s. We both seemed surprised that someone else would be on this path. As I got closer to him, he seemed to actually get scared of me. He looked at me like I was some kind of monster. After passing through the awkward situation, I remember thinking the dude kind of looked like he could be a distant relative of ours. When I dumped the rocks off in my dad's truck, I asked him if he had seen the guy, but he hadn't. For whatever reason, this experience always stuck with me. Last year, I was back in the area visiting family. I decided to take a little time for myself and go visit Goblin Creek since I hadn't been there in over 15 years. Unfortunately, the main road to the area had washed out years ago, but I knew a back way and found the spot my dad used to park. Sure enough, found the old trail and walked it slowly, enjoying my old stomping grounds. When I was roughly halfway through the trail, I came upon a teenager carrying a backpack full of heavy-looking objects. As we got closer, it dawned on me that this teenager looked exactly as I did when I was a teenager. I froze and tried to think of something to say, but words escaped me. The boy just kept on hiking, went over a small ridge, and was out of sight. I, however, continued to be unable to move as that whole experience from when I was 14 came rushing back to me. That was me. This was the event I had experienced all those years ago. When I finally came to my senses, I ran after that boy all the way back to the parking spot, but only my car was there. Then I dashed off towards the creek where my dad would fish to see if I could happen upon them there, but it was empty. The whole experience was so surreal, I just couldn't find a way to share it with my family. Okay, one last story to tell. This is from Redditor Fugler Ruggler who tells the story of a best friend she's never met. A year ago, I received a friend request on Facebook from somebody I didn't know, but for some reason I accepted it. We had lots of similar connections, including my father-in-law, so that's probably why. That night, my husband mentioned something about getting a friend request from someone he didn't know, but seemed to know all of our friends. I had my phone and pulled up the profile, and he said it was the same woman. I sat down to kind of look over her profile in detail, and I just couldn't believe some of the things on it. She was the same age as me. We attended the same church. We had been to the same events multiple times. She went to school with my husband and his sister. There was just no way we couldn't not know this woman, but we didn't know her. We sat down, both of us, to go through all of her photos. We saw pictures of her from a baby up to today, and we just did not know her. But the weird thing is, she knows us very well. We've since spoken, and she has tons of stories about trips we took or parties we went to. My husband and I both remember the trips and the parties and whatnot, 
But this woman, she's not in any of our memories. A few days ago, I, I stumbled across an old address book. For whatever reason, I just flipped through it. Guess what I found? This woman's name, address, and phone number in the address book. And even worse, in the back, I found pictures of the three of us together. Yet still, we do not know who this woman is. Well, I hope you found those stories as crazy and entertaining as I did. Again, I'm not going to make any efforts to try to explain or analyze these because there's just no way to do that. But if you've ever had a story or situation like this that you'd like to share, please send it in and we'll feature it on a future episode. There's literally millions of these stories we can tell. Next week, we'll get back into tales of murder and missing persons, but I thought this would be a fun break. All right, so now let's hit up the palate cleanser for this week. And I don't know if I'd say by popular demand, but by demand of the son, he requests to read this week's joke. Hello, it's me. Ila! Yes, the person who made the jokes around here. Well, today's joke made me laugh. And only one other joke made me laugh. Yeah, one joke. I know. So, I will be telling you the joke this time. Yes, yes, yes. You don't have to hear my father's voice not that long. You can finally hear another voice. Yay, hooray, hooray. Okay, and today's joke is two pickles fell out of a jar. Onto the floor. What did one say to the other? Anyone? Do you know? Do you know? Mm, anyone? Anyone? Mike, you know? Well, it is a deal with it. Deal with it. Because deal pickles. Ah. Humor. Well... That's all. You can hear my dad just annoy you to death. I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. I will deal with him appropriately and viciously once this recording is done. Thank you all for listening. Remember the contest we have going on. Join our private group on Facebook. Just type in Killing Missing Hidden and jump through the two little hoops we've talked about to officially join the private group Seeking World Domination, and you will be entered in an Amazon gift card so you can make money just by listening. I mean, one of y'all will, not everybody. Let's not get crazy. Also, check out our Instagram. It is kmh.podcast. Our 60-second mysteries, which we publish every Friday, seem to get a pretty huge response. And I don't want you guys, my core listeners, my babies, to miss out on them. Uh, if you go look, this last one from last week is a creepy tale about the black-eyed kids phenomenon. If you know anything about that, you'll probably want to check it out. With that, our show is done. Please rate, review, subscribe. I've been getting some really awesome reviews lately that really mean a lot to me. Lots of kind messages through uh, Facebook and through Instagram. I really love hearing from you guys. Hence why I'm creating the private podcast or a Facebook group for our podcast. 
And, you know, it's it's nice to put in all of this time and money and create something and know that people enjoy listening to it. So I sincerely thank you all for leaving reviews and leaving kind comments and, and sharing this with your friends. It, it makes my day. And as you can tell, I have a lot of negativity in my life based off of the behavior of my children, or at least the one child I'm willing to let out of his cage to speak to y'all. All right. Well, thank you all for for listening and for making our day and for just being cool people. All y'all rock. Later, skaters. Thank you for listening to Kellen Missing Hidden. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share. Questions? Email us at info at kmhpodcast.com.